Blessed Sabbath to everyone. It's good to see all of you today again and to be able to share together. We're going to have a very quick spiritual quiz. And um, anyone or all of those who were on the platform cannot answer this question because they know the answer already. But dear church family, according to the spiritual warfare in the spiritual realm, which is the greatest battle you will ever have to fight? Aha, to self. To me, me is a problem. Yes, the greatest battle, steps to Christ. We are reminded the greatest battle we ever have to fight is against me, my feelings, my ideas, my agenda, because I, it's my comfort zone. And God is inviting us daily to bring self at the foot of the cross. So that Jesus could be seen in me. Also this morning. I want to briefly share with you something that I share with one of our Sabbath school classes this morning. It's been, it had been several years. Ministering in a certain district. And one day I find myself calling one of our members to the pastoral office and say. My beloved I need to apologize to you. And why? And I said, because, yes, under normal language circumstances, I am your pastor. And I know about you. But I don't know you. I am your pastor, and I know about you. But I don't know you, and I should by now. This summer will not be enough to get to know everyone. It'll take some time. And I pray that we will get to know one another and that Jesus will be seen. That self will be crucified and only Jesus would be seen. In my life, and I pray that in your life as well. Our message this morning, Balanced Christians. Did you know that every 10 minutes here in America, almost 200 people become disabled by accident? And you say, wow. 200 people every 10 minutes become disabled. And that's a lot of people. It's not just a small group. And did you know that the causes of these disabilities are? Which is that cause? Um, not vehicles, not out on the road or the highway. Did you know that your home is twice as dangerous? <laughs> right there at home is as much as twice as dangerous as any vehicle producing, you know, people, injuries, injuries in them and to become disabled. The big villains at home are not chainsaws. Or perhaps if you are a hunter, or whatever you use for hunting, an arrow, or whatever you use for hunting. Um, it's not those, although those there's some danger in them. The big villains are not those that we're talking there. It's not even the lawnmowers. No. The worst danger, in, most dangerous part in your home are the steps, the ladders, 
amazingly, how many falls we can take. Our sister Claudia in Fond du Lac, um, when I came in November, she was walking normal. But when I see her in January, she has this big boot. And she's pushing a little cart there in the church in Fond du Lac. She felt on the steps of her house. It's amazing uh, what can happen. Yes, the worst, the worst dangers uh, are right there at home, ladders, steps, stools. People lose their balance and they fall and they are disabled. Balance is critical, beloved friends. And it's not easy for us always to find balance. And balance in the spiritual life actually now is super critical. So we need to be aware of that as well. If you worry about stairways at home, we really need to worry about mine and your spiritual life, or at least you and I need to do something about our spiritual life to make sure that we don't go on balance in our journey, in our walk. Don't lose your spiritual balance, please. We lose our spiritual balance when we take our eyes away from Jesus and focus on them where? Self, an eye, or on others. And that's precisely what the enemy of our soul wants to do with me and with you. Keep our eyes away from Jesus. And it's so important to stay balanced. And the only way is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus down in the center. When we take him away, that's when the fall begins. Please turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to look in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 through 27. And the Word of God tells us the following. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Verse 27. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. So there is the counsel of the Lord for our journey. Very practical, very to the point. It's pretty good advice, by the way. Can you see it? It's right there. If we follow that counsel, we will be right where the Lord wants us to be. Do not veer away from the kernel of truth because deep ditch awaits on either side of the Christian journey on your path to get you unbalanced, to get you out of the way, to get you distracted, to keep you away from keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Now, when you go on 41, or especially if you go in the rural area, there are some pretty deep ditches there. That if we keep our eyes away from the road and where we're driving, it's sad, but you could end up in one of those. We have a friend in the Racine area who's visiting the church, a very handy person, noble heart, has, hasn't given his heart fully to Jesus yet, but yes, he comes to church. And this past January, when have all, 
when we had all these record below zero temperatures, one day he was coming back to, from work from Milwaukee to the Racine area, but he took the back roads and he fell asleep while he was driving. He said, Pastor, you won't believe it. Do you know brother such and such? Yes, I know him. Do you know, remember where he lives? Yes, I do. Well, I went on the road and went into the ditch. I said, which ditch? Because I know that road and there's a biggie one there. Well, right on to it. But be- when I woke up after all the commotion, I was still able to put the four by four on and get off that ditch and go back to the road. And just a few meters ahead was a canal. It's amazing how we can lose balance, even if we sleep. And we cannot take that luxury in our journey, in our walk with the Lord. Beloved, I want to have you consider with me several warnings here today that will help us better understand the dangers that are ahead of us in the journey. I feel very confident that we are living in the last day and that Jesus is coming soon again. Because the signs are very clear. Everything is indicating that He's even at the door. And beloved, Matthew 24, verse 24, you know it by heart. For false Christ and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect if that were possible. When Jesus was confronted by his disciples, he told them, you see this temple here? You see the walls? Not one stone will be left on top of the other. But watch. Because deception would come. Deception will come. That was the first warning that he said that we would see precisely prior to Jesus' second coming. My beloved friends, I want to encourage you to be aware of deceptions. How do you and I can prepare not to be deceived? Those will be so powerful that if, we were, that if it was possible, even the very elect will be deceived. So in the last day, there are going to be great, great deceptions. This thought is amplified somewhat in the second volume of Selected Messages. Page 16. Fanaticism will appear in the very midst of us. I repeat. Fanaticism will appear in the very midst of us. Deception will come and be of such a character that if it were possible, they would mislead the very elect. So when someone gets fanatical, we don't always recognize them as fanaticals. But they can even lead you in the wrong direction. Yes? Now, I am putting some things together here. I'm building a case before you, a scenario. And in the first days of this this God's remnant movement, fanaticism came and there will be more of it in the last days of the closing history of this world. Jesus says in Matthew 24, people will be deceived, even the very elect, if it were possible. And I believe that, which is the most deceiving of all of those deceptions, is precisely fanaticism. Are you a fanatic? 
Some will say, yes, of the Green Bay Packers. No, that's not what I'm talking about. No. Have you ever met a fanatic? Some of you remember in the 90s, a gentleman by the name David Koresh. Who would think that so close to home, you would have someone that will be so big in the news not long after the visit here, not far from where we're at. People thought that the charisma, people thought that the sincerity and the piety that was there was good. And it ended up in a great disaster. Many lives were lost in a way. And that's, that's the thing about fanaticism. It's sad. Think of somebody that is a fanatic in your mind. Can you think of at least one? We just mentioned one. You see, a fanatic usually is somebody that carries a giant heavy chip on one shoulder that causes him to lose his balance. He is a person who can't change his opinion and therefore he can't change the subject and do. And so he drones on and on about his views. And you are wrong and he is right. The whole time. There's going to be fanaticism. I firmly believe that Christians should not be way off on the left or way out on the right. We just read in Proverbs, stay in the center. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. Don't go to the extremes. No. Both extremes are wrong. Deuteronomy chapter 5 is the list, another list of the Ten Commandments. And after the Ten Commandments are given, you can read God's warning. God's instruction, God says there in verse 32, So be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. He warns us to stay in the middle, in the walk, in the journey toward the new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem. Yes. When a 747 aircraft with hundreds of people on board, is in its final approach, you appreciate the pilot who does not veer either to the left or to the right, that sits right dead on the line there, that marks for him where to land. We would all appreciate that. And beloved, we have heard stories, many stories, of what can happen when we veer. The only way is to stay in the middle of the line of safety. Jesus Christ is the middle of our message. Jesus is the flight path. Jesus is the way, the truth, and Jesus is the life. Do not get away out in the left field, nor on the right field. Many stories, many experiences about new believers who seem to be zealous of all that God wanted. One woman read counsels on diet and foods. She and her husband had eaten meat all their lives. She refused to cook meat now. 
she began to avoid the use of milk or egg or cheese. One day she actually took an axle and she attacked her TV and just busted into pieces. She began to wear long, dark dresses. She lived on herbs alone. The pastor went to see her and one day noticed on her kitchen counter what was about at least 50 to 60 bottles of different kinds of herbs and minerals, vitamins she was taking for her health. Several members talked to her. Slow down, sister. Don't get fanatical. The next thing she did was to read all nine volumes of the testimony through one shot. Which is not bad in itself. Went through all of them. She did little else than read and listen to tapes recording. That's all she would do. After several months, she became sick. Sadly, she was pale and anemic. Her husband left her. Finally, she stopped attending church because she thought there was too much sin in the church. Everybody was a hypocrite. Not only that, she became very critical of others. Today she has dropped out from what I understand being part of God's remnant people. Where did she go wrong? She became a fanatic. She veered from the path that leads to life. She left the center of the message, which is Jesus. Not the things you do. Those are the result of keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. A fanatic is someone who redoubles his or her efforts after he has lost sight of the real goal. Acts chapter 19 verse 32. It says, The assembly was in confusion. Somewhere, someone shouting one thing and someone another. Most of the people did not even know why they were there. When you read that story. Fanatics forget the essence of the message. Dear friends, we must stick to the heart. And the heart of it is Jesus and Jesus alone. Today as I close this brief meditation, I want to encourage you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Stay in the center. When I allowed my opinion or my feelings to be the source of my conclusions and not the word of God, Consciously or unconsciously, I'm I'm going to be veering from where the Lord wants me. Whether it be on food, whether it be on dress, whether it be on music. And the list just goes on and on and on. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the center. Deception is coming. And in many places, 
It's very hard for me to say this because it's someone who knew my dad in Cuba. He was a minister in Cuba. Came out of Cuba, came to Central America, and especially in Guatemala and El Salvador and Honduras. Entire churches were disfellowshipped because of his criticism. People wanted to hear something new. And he was so infused, so uh, impressed, so charismatic. People thought this was from God. But his theme message was, look at the conference president. Look at the treasure. Look at the wife of this pastor. Look at this other one. He never pointed them to Jesus. And people got carried away say, yeah, yeah, look at her. Look at him. Look what he does. Entire churches were disfellowshipped. I was 500 yards away from one of them churches in 99 where this took place, right there where I met my wife in Honduras. The church was closed. This pastor, with the monies that the members gave him, went to Venezuela and to Spain And all the money was gone. The monies that they put in him. They decided to go to the right. Some of them. Others ended up in the left. Others never came back to church. We need to stay with our eyes focused on Jesus. I like my brother here. He went like this. Why? Even your pastor can error. I am subject to error. More often than I would like. And thank God for my wife and daughter that helped me to remember to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. What a blessing they are in my life. And I pray that you will be a blessing to me too that you will remind me if I do veer away from his word and from Jesus. God has given us a light for the last stretch of the journey in the form of the pen of inspiration, the gift of prophecy, those red books. Now on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer, you can read them as well too. But read them. Above all, stick to the word. Number one, stick to the word. The other one, there are a lesser light pointing to the greater light. That light will take us home when we invite Jesus daily to live his life in us and through us. May the Lord bless you as we find balance in Jesus our Lord. Let us pray together. Dear Father, thank you for your invitation to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We think we know, but we don't. Isaiah 53 makes it very plain. All of us like sheep, we just tend to go by what we feel or what we think. And you invite us 
to fully trust in you and your word and follow those that human like all of us you separated, you call and set apart to do a work in your church. It's hard. When I know that he or she, like I, have so many defects that Jesus is working on. And the only work he can do in them and in me is to make a new creation because what I bring to him is of no value, of no worth, unless you make a new creation. And Father, as we just separate right now for fellowship, for eating together, for going home, for witnessing, for celebrating your creation, the redemption you brought to us through Jesus, I pray, Father, make a new Carlos. Make anew, fill the blank, every brother and sister here this morning. Otherwise, we would not be going anywhere. And we want to be with you when Jesus comes for eternity. Until then, teach us how to offer you a living daily sacrifice. In your altar, led, guided by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name, amen.